welcome to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, where emerging revivalists and extraordinary leaders share inspirational experiences that will help take you to a higher level. Now here's your host, Darren Stott. Hey everybody, this is Darren Stott and you are listening to the Supernaturalist Podcast Show, the show that exists to connect, equip, and promote emerging supernaturalists on a global level. Yep, that is why we're here and we're going to be having a lot of fun today. As you know, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, but we have a third season of podcasts that are rolling out and we are going to be having a lot of fun. Today, we're going to be talking to Kevin Bascone. Um, Kevin, and Kathy, they're just these ordinary people who love an extraordinary God. They co-founded together King of Glory Ministries International, and we're going to be diving in to who they are and what they're up to. It's going to get crazy. But before we dive into that, I'm sure you've already done this, but if you haven't done it yet, check out my website. It's isupernaturalist.com. That's isupernaturalist.com. Join the tribe by plugging in your email. You'll confirm your email. You'll get a free mp3 on what is a supernaturalist it'll give you a theology behind the supernatural you're going to want to do that again that's isupernaturalist.com also check us out on facebook that's facebook.com slash isupernaturalist.com you can like that that would be incredible so today we're diving in with kevin bisconi like i told you he's the founder of glory ministries international um kevin and kathy they love to share the gospel um, uh, uh, with people, uh, especially the poor, the widows, and the orphans throughout the nation. They have visited over 30 nations, preaching the gospel, demonstrating the kingdom of God in churches, conferences, and crusade meetings. Their ministry is punctuated by miracles, healings, and signs and wonders that confirm the word of God. So they are just with us of week 18 of, uh, I guess it was week 17 of the Apple Wine Awakening at Seattle Revival Center um, uh, uh, in Newcastle, Washington. We had a lot of fun. We saw all kinds of miracles. We talk about that on the podcast. Podcast. They live in North Carolina where they pursue a lifestyle of intimacy with Jesus. You'll certainly hear Kevin talk about that uh, on the podcast. Kevin is really known for being a published author and an award winning artist. He's the author of several books, including the trilogy, The Reality of the Angelic Ministry Today. That's book one, two, and three. Kevin's newest book is The Sword of the Lord, that's available on his website. As uh, uh, we're all really excited about the new school uh, that they are launching. It's coming up. It's called the School of Higher Learning um, and that is available for free. That's coming up. They're excited about that. All kinds of teachers. That's going to be incredible. Um, Kevin has a calling to equip the body of Christ to operate in the seer anointing and that's really what we're going to be talking about today. So some of the things that we talk about um, uh, when did uh, Kevin start seeing? um, What's the difference between seeing the spirit with your eyes open? versus your eyes shut. Um, uh, uh, We talk about counterfeit gateways and is it easier for people in the occult and new age to engage with the unseen. We talk about um, the seers of old. Kevin had uh, an invitation from the Lord to begin investigating the seers of old. We talk about that. Um, We talk about how to discern the angelic. Um, How do you know uh, when you're in the presence of the angelic? Uh, When you don't see it, how do you discern it? Um, That's pretty cool. We talk about what does it mean to co-labor? or partner with the angelic. Um, we talk about uh, uh, traveling in the spirit. We, t- we talk about time travel. We talk about having dominion over time. We talk about translation miracles. Um, uh, we talk about a lot. This is a dense interview. Like I said, it's over an hour long, but I think you're really going to enjoy this, especially if you love all things supernatural. And so without further ado, buckle up your your safety belt because we're about to fly real stinking fast as we engage in in a radical interview with a radical man, Kevin Bascone. Well, hey, everyone. We got Kevin Bescone uh, with us today. Uh, I already kind of gave you a briefing on who he is and what he's done. 
Um, Kevin was just with us in Seattle. We had an amazing week. Uh, tumors shrunk and disappeared. Uh, 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 pain left people's bodies. Uh, people got gold teeth, gold crowns. One lady watching online uh, went to bed, woke up the next day, and found three gold crowns in her mouth that weren't there just hours prior when she actually went to sleep. And so um, uh, it was it was an incredible weekend, wasn't it? I had a blast. And Pastor Darren, I just want to say thank you again for having us. And, you know, I want to just mention this as we're starting. People listening to the podcast, you know, I was telling people all week long there at Seattle Revival Center at the Appawan Airport, you know, you can receive your miracle after the service or over the web stream. So maybe even during this podcast, somebody can receive their miracle or healing because God is no respecter of time and space. In fact, he's outside of that. The Bible says in Hebrews 13, he's the same yesterday and forever. So there's no time as we understand it in our human carnal understanding in the spiritual dimensions, which is the heavenly places. Now, Kevin, let's just jump right into this. You're a seer. Um, you see into um, uh, into the kingdom realm. You've been operating in this. You've written uh, numerous books, uh, uh, I, and, I've, and I'm going to be covering all your books right at the beginning of this podcast uh, and uh, giving out the information on your uh, website and everything else so that people can connect with that. But you've been operating in this stuff for quite a long time. When did you actually start seeing? Like, Were you already a Christian when you started seeing in the spirit or uh, did it happen even when you were younger? Kind of give us some history as to when this stuff started opening up to you. Absolutely. I think that the seer dimension, uh, I call it the gift of the anointing, the seer anointing is a grace gift from God. Now, I'm actually speaking to you from the Cherokee National Forest, and I'm a Cherokee. So even as a young child, my spiritual DNA was a seer. Many people believe that the Cherokees were seers. They were actually Cherokee uh, people who were known as seers, and the other tribes would come to the Cherokees to get uh, revelatory knowledge or what we would call prophetic words back in the 15th, 14th, 15th, 1600s. So this is something that's inherent in the, in the uh, Cherokee people. But even as a young boy, I began to have uh, supernatural encounters or visions, if you will. And I remember specifically one time as a small boy, about probably four and a half years old, I saw the Lord Jesus on the cross. And so that was actually the beginning of it. But then I went into a season of like 31 years of sin and debauchery and God, by his grace, pulled me out. And then he began to accelerate this dynamic in my life. And uh, basically, on uh, it was in 2002, the Lord appeared to me in Tanzania and told me to begin to study study the seers of old. Wow. Awesome. So that's kind of how it started. And so for the past decade, uh, what is that? 14 years I've been pressing into the scripture. The book of Hebrews says in uh, chapter five, verse 14, to those who have exercised their spiritual senses by reason of use to discern both good and evil. So the good is the kingdom of God. The evil, of course, is the kingdom of darkness. And there are angels of God. There are also demonic spirits. We call them demons. And so as someone who begins to see, you'll begin to discern both good and evil. And it's not always about seeing with your visual senses. You can see, smell, taste, touch. And according to 1 Jude 2.20, you can discern spiritual truth. So sometimes you can discern things, and that's an aspect of the seer anointing it's not always visual well let's talk about that a little bit because i know there's been times when i've been able to discern and see things in the spirit but then there have been times when i've been able to see things with my eyes actual actually open and so there's kind of like uh, it's all the invisible realm but sometimes it's like the lord allows things to manifest in the visible realm can you give us some sort of language as to what the difference is when we're when we're discerning versus actually literally seeing and then um and then how to engage in those kind of experiences Absolutely. I call this a supernatural learning curve. And basically, you begin to see, we'll just, we'll just focus on the seer dimension right now where we actually it's visual. Sometimes you might begin to see a similitude of, for example, an angel. And you know that there may be an angel there, but you might not fully see it with your eyes. On other occasions, there can be what I call an open-eyed vision where an angel will actually manifest and you see it in the natural realm. So in the beginning of the Bible, in, in Genesis, it says God created the heavens and the earth. So there's a terrestrial realm the earthly realm which we inhabit with our bodies and then there's a spiritual realm which is called the heavenly places scripturally scientists would call those other dimensions so sometimes we begin to dis to discern or perceive items from the spiritual dimension 
And, uh, you know, it can be very subtle at first. So according again to Hebrews 5.14, as we exercise our spiritual senses by reason of use, we begin to be able to more correctly discern what's happening in the spiritual dimension, the heavenly places or other dimensions. In fact, scientists have proven, Darren, that we blink in and out of existence like a, a million or a billion times every second. So one second we're here on Earth, the next second we blink out, they don't know where we are. Well, I know where we are. I believe that we're in the heavenly places or spiritual dimensions. That's really well said. Now, I don't know if you have much experience with this, Kevin, but sometimes it seems like when I'm engaging with people that aren't believers um, and they are perhaps uh, uh, engaging with the, with the invisible realm through counterfeit gateways, um, such as in the occult or the new age, sometimes it seems like they're on a fast track into the seer realm. Of course, it's counterfeit, but do you think it's uh, do you think that there is uh, uh, certain things that hold us back as believers from engaging in this realm, or does the enemy intentionally make it easier for people to do this than it is for Christians? The enemy, uh, John 10, 10, the thief seeks but to steal, kill, and destroy. So he wants to give you counterfeit supernatural experiences. At the same time, he wants to shut down your ability to hear your heavenly Father's voice. The seer anointing is all about Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ must be our absolute central cornerstone of our faith. But having said that, yes, it's true. Many people who are involved in counterfeit supernatural activity, those people who take drugs, for example, those are a gateway. And I'm just going to say like marijuana, for example, or cocaine or heroin or any of the hallucinogenic drugs are all gateways to supernatural experiences. The issue is they open up the heavens or the, the, you know, the Bible speaks of open heavens and the book of Luke, Jesus prayed and the heavens open. And there are open heavens, we could call them portals or spiritual gateways if you will, if you want to be unchurchy, but see, there are counterfeit gateways. And so when you go through a demonic gateway, you go into a demonic dimension or a demonic place in the spiritual dimensions, and you can become defiled. So the key is we need to learn to discern the difference in the holy and the profane. So yes, people can have supernatural experiences who are not Christians, and many times when people are operating in that, as a believer in Jesus Christ, when we have that gift operating in our lives and we come into someone's sphere of influence, in other words, we come close to them, we can begin to discern what they're operating in and begin to see it, and at times, as the Holy Spirit leads you to do so, according to Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, God will give you the tongue of the Lord that you might speak a word in season to him who is weary. You can read their mail, so to speak, and you can begin to tell them things about themselves that only, only, only God could reveal to you. And I've actually, by the grace of God, had the privilege of leading many people who are involved in the occult and counterfeit supernatural to Jesus just as you're speaking of. That's awesome. Now, going back, uh, uh, hit and rewind for a second. You said that the Lord asked you or invited you to go back into research and study the seers of old. Was there one particular seer that you investigated that really like inspired you um, in your journey? Well, what happened was the Lord appeared to me. Now, I'm not talking about a vision. I'm talking about an open-eyed encounter of Jesus where he appeared to me in Africa, and he told me to study the seers of old. He specifically uh, instructed me to read the book of Samuel. Uh, in the book of Samuel, it says, Formerly in Israel, when, we, when, when a man went to inquire of God, he spoke this way, Let us go see the seer who formerly was called a prophet. So clearly in Scripture, there's a type of prophet which is called a seer prophet. There's also a nabi prophet or a word prophet. So there are different types of prophets in the Scripture. And I don't into that. So I've studied as best I could all of the seers. Ezekiel was a seer. Of course, Jesus Christ of Nazareth was a seer. Isaiah was a seer. Uh, there's many, many others. John the Revelator was a seer. So uh, anytime you read seer experiences in the Bible, it helps to pump, it helps to prime the pump, if you will, or to jumpstart or to activate your seer gift, which is dormant in you. The Bible says we're all created in the very image of God. I believe that's Genesis 127. And so since we're created in God's image and God is a seer, right, then we have that spiritual DNA. The problem is many of us are under the curse of Isaiah 6. Our eyes are blind, our ears are deaf, and we can no longer discern correctly. That's God's heart at this day and hour. And I believe, Darren, we've come to an eternal crossroads when God is opening up his people's eyes and ears to see and hear in a new and supernatural way. This is all dynamic of the seer anointing. Now, here's the thing. Anybody can do this. And why? God allows you to see or to have revelatory knowledge from the spiritual dimension so that you can recreate Christ in your sphere of influence. It's all about Jesus, Darren. That is so good, Kevin. And that actually leads right into my next question. I was going to ask you, what kind, what kinds of encounters do you think will become more normal 
things that we'll begin seeing uh, uh, within the body of Christ that are engaging with this realm that perhaps right now aren't very common at all? Well, um, when I was with you there at SRC, one of the things we touched on was angelic realm. And uh, having been teaching on this for probably about 13 or 14 years, uh, we do schools and we teach on angelic and we teach on the seers. And one of the questions I ask often at the beginning of the schools is I ask how many people have seen an angel? And, you know, at this day and hour, if I ask that, I think I asked that when I was with you there at Seattle Revival Center, I I believe it was somewhere around 40 percent of the room raised their hand. Ten years ago, I asked that same question, it would be like three or four people, so like 2%. So there's a a radical increase in angelic activity upon the earth today. I believe it's part of God's end-time purposes. Hebrews 1.14 says that God's angels are ministering spirits sent forward to minister for those who are heirs of salvation. So I believe that there's an acceleration of angelic activity upon the earth, and these angels, in my opinion, are going forward to prepare the hearts of people, to prepare the soil for the great last day's harvest. And if you'll read the scripture clearly, it says that when Jesus Christ Christ returns, he'll return with a multitude of angels, and the angels are the harvesters. That's the parable of the sower. Now, Kevin, so talking about angels, so, well, first of all, that's a great answer. See, what it sounds like is that you believe that the body of Christ is going to begin perhaps seeing and maybe even engaging with the angelic as a norm as we go forward. Would you say that's a fair statement? Absolutely. And again, your question was, what types of supernatural experiences do I think is going to happen? That's just one type. There are going to be many other types. Uh, People are going to have understanding and revelation that's going to be given to them supernaturally as they press into this dynamic of God's kingdom. So again, the seer anointing is not just about seeing an angel, because really, Darren, if you see an angel, that's very elementary. If God allows you to perceive or discern an angel, the reason for that is he's allowing you to understand that you have the ability to co-labor with that angel. That's Revelations uh, 19.10, the word in there. See, I'm your fellow servant, the angel said to John the Revelator. The word there is sandulos. It's a Greek word, which means co-slave, the same divine king, or co-laborer. So we need to get the revelation that we can literally co-labor with God's angels. God the Father releases his angels from the spiritual dimensions, the heavenly places, into the terrestrial realm so that we can discern them. And then when we do discern them, we have the liberty to sandulos, to co-labor with them, to help recreate Christ in our sphere of influence. Now, when the Holy Spirit manifests in the glory of God manifests. And by the way, if you haven't been to SRC, you need to get into that edifice there and get into the glory and and presence of God that's there. When there's such a strong presence like you have in your sanctuary, in your church, sir, there's always a a real outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is moving, it's Genesis 1, God's spoken to the hovering of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. There's always a lot of angelic activity. And so when these angels are active, we just need to discern what they're there for and then begin to release them. And as you shared earlier, the, the precious testimony about the wonderful uh, thing God did for the woman watching over the web stream where she got the three gold crowns. Well, if you'll recall, as I was decreeing that night, I said, we're releasing God's angels of creative miracles to go forth and release dental miracles. And I specifically mentioned people by web stream that you can receive it too. So you see, we want to, here's, here's an important thing. Let me say this. If we're going to co-labor with God's angels, we need to understand that there are more than one kind of angels. There are also fallen angels. So we release God's angels in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to do what the Father has sent them to do. By doing it that way, we totally bind any demonic powers, any demonic spirits, because God the Father has not sent any demons to do anything. So we release God's angels, we bind demonic powers, and that way we see God do amazing things in the realm of healings and miracles. And this is something my wife and I have been pressing into for a long time. So I believe that an acceleration of angelic ministry is one of the primary things God is doing, the other thing that God is doing at this time, Darren, is creative miracles. We're stepping into a season where we're going to see a lot of creative miracles in America. And I'm talking about amazing miracles uh, like people's feet growing back. I have a friend named Dr. James Maloney, and he's seeing people have body parts grow back in America. I'm not talking about in India or Africa. I'm talking about in America. And we're going to continue to see God do amazing miracles. And part of this has to do with his people just getting the revelation that they can co-labor with the Holy Spirit and the kingdom of God to recreate Christ in their sphere of influence. There is going to be a shaking that's going to continue to unfold in America. And in that shaking, as it becomes dark, the glory of God is going to shine through his people in a way that it hasn't shined through his people in really about 60 years since we go back to the voice of healing revivals and, and the amazing things God did with A.A. A. Allen and, and Oral Roberts and all those other amazing evangelists uh, during that time. We're going to see that happen again in America, but it's going to be in a great and mighty way. 
part of that dynamic is going to be God's going to raise up people who will have the understanding that they can operate in what I call the seer anointing, which is really a combination of the gift of discerning of spirits and other spiritual gifts from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Boy, that was a mouthful. I hope that made sense. <laughs> no, so good. <laughs> it's really exciting. Um, Kevin, would you just talk to us for those of us who don't necessarily see on a regular basis, but we do feel, we do we do discern. I think at Sierra Vila Center, there's a, a, a heightened, um, uh, uh, the atmosphere is just heightened with the angelic. And oftentimes I'll, I'll just be, I'll be standing there. In fact, it's very, very common. Uh, I'll be in the men's bathroom. Uh, it's usually right in front of the sink area. And all of a sudden I'll just get hammered in there. I'll, I'll just get totally intoxicated and just really, really drunk when I'm just standing there. I believe that there's an angel in there. Um, and sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes people describe it as a wind. And but so for uh, so sometimes do you think it's possible? Sometimes people just sense a very, very strong and sudden presence of God. And sometimes that's the angelic. I mean, would you talk to us about uh, the different ways that you know you're in in the company of of his of his heavenly hosts and messengers, where you don't necessarily see them, but just different things begin to happen, and you can discern that as the angelic. Absolutely, and that's very important that we understand that because, again, when we talk about uh, angels, we we always think about seeing an angel, which is fantastic, but. In the seer anointing, God can speak to you through your five traditional human senses. That's taste, smell, touch, hearing, and, of course, um, ta- uh, your, your tactical touch. And so for some people, as we've taught these schools of the seer and so on over the, over the decades, some people will actually taste angels. Like they can taste a certain like um, root beer or they taste like roses. I don't know how you taste roses or they smell it or they sense it. And then there's also first uh, John two twenty. We have an unction of the Holy one and we know all things. So it can be, you can actually feel an angel touch you on the shoulder. Uh, they can actually touch you and you can discern it that way. You can hear them. They can whisper into your ears. Um, you can see them with your eyes. You can smell them. Um, you can just have an unction of the Holy Spirit and you can just know that an angel's present. And one of the things that always happens when we share our seer schools is that people will tell me, well, I see, I see light and I'll see a flicker out of my corner of my eye. And I, I think there might be an angel there. Well, most of the time, if you think there might be an angel there, there is. So again, going back to Hebrews 5.14, you begin to exercise your spiritual senses by reason of use and by the grace of God, as I said earlier, since I've been doing this for about uh, 14 or 15 years, I've exercised my spiritual senses on a consistent basis. Now, what's fun is when the angels show up outside the four walls of the church. Like, for example, I was in a restaurant in a city which shall remain nameless, and God opened up my spiritual eyes. And I saw not only the angelic, but the demonic. And a woman came beside me. And this all happened when this woman stood beside me. And I looked at her. And when I looked at her, um, the power of God hit her by the grace of God. And she fell down and began to manifest a demon. And so at the salad bar. And so there were like demons jumping around all over the salad bar, which was strange. And uh, so uh, I just I kneeled down beside her and I said, you need Jesus, don't you? And she just said, yes. And I mean, she was foaming at the mouth and all these sorts of things. But anyway, long story short she got set free delivered and saved right there on the carpet by the salad bar in a local restaurant so see god wants us to operate in this dynamic not just in church but out in the street he wants us to take the gospel into the street to touch people who really may never come to church like myself i had no intention of ever coming to church when i was you know 31 years in debauchery and drug addiction you know uh just God is doing something amazing in the earth today, and he's raising up seers all over the world. I I had a vision once, and the Lord showed me very clearly in that vision how he was raising up thousands and thousands of seers. And I should say this, on February 14, 2014, a man named Bob Jones, who many people believe was a prophet, who was really an extreme seer, who has has planted so many seeds in so many different people's lives, he, he, he died. He went on to glory. He went on to be with Jesus. Now, let me rephrase that. He died. They, they planted his earth suit at the end of my street there in Moravian Falls. His spirit's in heaven, okay? He's not dead. But when his earth suit, when his body was planted in the ground, I believe he was a seed, and that was a, a line of demarcation. That was a spiritual signpost that God was about to explode the acceleration of the seer anointing throughout not only America but the whole earth, and, and it is happening. We're getting so many people who are getting activated into the seer dimensions, and they, they contact us because they want revelation of, of the th- things that they're discerning and seeing. They don't really understand what it means, so they want 
revelation. And so God is raising up what I call eagle's nest, where people will begin to be trained and equipped to operate in the seer anointing with more revelation. Because you can see and not have understanding of what you're to do with it. So that's revelation, interpretation, and implementation. So we can see something. We can get the revelation. We need the interpretation of what we're seeing and the implementation. So I'll, I'll give you an example. During the services there in Seattle, as I was praying before the meeting, I saw a woman who received dental miracles in a previous meeting a couple of weeks ago in one of our meetings that we did in Moravian Falls. So I said, okay, Lord, what's that? So I had the, I had the revelation. I saw it. Lord, what's that? I asked the Holy Spirit, what's that? So I get the, I get the, I got the, uh, the revelation, the interpretation from the Holy Spirit was pray for dental miracles that night. I prayed for dental miracles that night. I think the lady's name was Nettie, got the four new teeth. She didn't get gold. She just got new teeth, praise God. And then I think that was the same night the lady got the, uh, the gold crowns online. So you see in the heavenly dimensions and you release, you see, you see it in the spiritual dimensions or the heavenly places. You release it in the terrestrial realms, And that's John 5, 19. Jesus said, only do those things that I see my father doing. So it's a swift synchronization between heaven and earth as we learn to discern things from the heavenly places. And God will speak to us all in different ways. So it, it could be your sense of smell. It could be you just discern it according to Jude 2, 20. It could be you feel it. It could be the, 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 the still small voice in your ear. It could be that you see something. And so again, as you exit Exercise your spiritual senses as these things happen. God rewards us. Rewards us. Hebrews says that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So as we're diligent to exercise our spiritual senses according to the principle of Hebrews 5:14, He rewards us by giving us more revelation, more encounters. Now, having said that, if you get the supernatural experiences and you ignore them, your ears will grow dull and your eyes will wax dull, and then God will not continue to give you those supernatural types of revelation, those supernatural types of seer encounters. So it's for everybody, whosoever at this hour. Of course, there are certain people that operate in a higher level. Well, they've exercised their spiritual senses by reason of use, but you can too. So, you know, how hungry are you, right? Well, I think what you say was really important because that was one of the questions I was going to ask you about was, um, are, if there are certain activities that can heighten or diminish uh, seeing in the spirit, and one of the things that you said is just by simply ignoring um, uh, supernatural encounters, that that's one way that we can certainly shut that realm down. What are, what are some other ways that you can shut down that realm? And then when you're when you're done addressing that, maybe you can also share with us some ways that we can more intentionally engage that realm, especially for people that say that believe that they have never actually seen in the spirit, um, mm -hmm. whether they have or not. We I don't I don't know, but um, I think sometimes people see a lot more than what they give the, themselves credit for. But exactly, yeah, would you speak into Though, uh, you said ignoring supernatural encounters. Are there other activities that can diminish and shut down this realm? And then in the same way, are there activities that can heighten or really open up this realm? Absolutely. Uh, the number one thing that will shut it down for you is sin. If you allow sin to reign in your mortal bodies, it will it will hamper it. So look at it like this. An analogy would be a, a garden hose, okay? Water runs freely through that garden hose when it's new, but if it gets clogged with silt and junk and dirt, eventually that flow gets down to a trickle or a drip, and finally it totally clogs it up. Sin will clog up your ability to hear well from the Lord and to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So sin's number one. Number two, I always tell people there's two keys to unlocking this in your life, and that's number one, you simply have to have faith or believe, okay? Um, and then to decree God's word over your life. So you need to study God's word, get into your eye gates, examples in the scripture where people have operated in the seer dimension. I always recommend that people read the words in red in the first four gospels because Jesus operated in the seer dimension all the time. He, he told Nathaniel, before you were you know, in the, in the tree, I saw you, right? So, I mean, I could go on about that, but I think we don't want to belabor that. But So there are examples in the scripture where people operate in a seer anointing. Study those, okay? And then just meditate on, on those on, in the Psalm 4 model. The other thing is, in the book of Mark, it says, these signs shall follow those who believe, right? So this is something I've found. And hear my heart, I'm not being judgmental. I'm painting with a really broad brush. You hear my friends out here singing to me? Yeah, it it sounds amazing. You know, for our for everybody listening, they can't see what I'm seeing. But maybe we could take a break, and you could just kind of uh, give us, you know, maybe you could verbally explain to everybody the kind of setting that you're in right now. Okay, let me let me let me let me do this last point, and then we'll take a break, brother. If that's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry. These signs will follow those who believe. 
um, you know, sometimes as we come up, myself, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Italian. I, I'm, my last name is Basconi. I'm Italian. So as a small child, I went to the Catholic Church. And there may be people who are listening to this who have gone to other denominational church. And, you know, sometimes God moves us from one place to the other. And let me just say this. God loves the body of Christ no matter what denomination you are. But there are certain denominations that do not believe in the gifts of the Spirit. So if you've been a part of the denomination where you've been told, for example, that tongues is of the devil— or, you know, miracles and healings ceased with the apostles, and you center that, you might need to repent for that. And I've had people who have done that in our schools, and they've repented, and just the, the seer realm opens up like a floodgate for them. Because really, they've come under a, a, a curse, a word curse, and they've put themselves under a word curse. So I'm not saying that's right, wrong, or indifferent, but you ask me what can help open it up. That's yeah, one thing. So pray about that, folks. But uh, anyway, Pastor Darren, let's let's do uh, what you suggested. Let's take a little break, and then uh, we'll just carry on. Praise well, God. Well, I was just going to have you um because people can't see what you're you know the, the the setting that you're in so can you describe to us the setting where you're at what you're actually looking at because we can hear the birds <laughs> we can hear the birds singing and it's a beautiful landscape where you're yeah. where you're at right now so we'll go ahead and just tell us where are you right now well we're in the cherokee national forest and i'm at mahanim which is our secret place and here, um, you know, we have a little property, and uh, there are uh, – this happens a lot with my wife and I. We get on our front porch. We have communion in the morning, and the birds come, and they sing to us like you're hearing. And uh, it's just an aspect of the seer anointing. It's an aspect of the kingdom of God. So we're here in the Cherokee National Forest. It's a beautiful sunny day and beautiful bright blue sky. Clouds are – cumbo-nimbulous clouds are floating overhead. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the um, – the, we have some – some ponds uh, here and just looking at the trees. And so we're just sitting out here and enjoying an absolutely beautiful day and communing with nature and communing with God and communing with you and communing with everyone on the podcast. So we're up here in the secret place. And again, that's a, that's a huge thing because you ask some things that can help accelerate it. Being in the secret place, there's no shortcut for that. You need to learn to develop intimacy and communion with the Lord and just go into the secret place. And your Father will show you things in the secret place, and then you release those publicly, just as Jesus did, and you manifest the kingdom of God. So the secret place. But yeah, that's where we are, Mahanim, the secret place. And that's so good. I mean, what I love about you, Kevin, is that you're always bringing it back to Jesus, that it's all about Jesus, that we engage with the supernatural realm by engaging with the supernatural word of God, um, that the Bible is the gateway of gateways, you know, by studying the seers of old, by studying the red letters of Jesus in the gospel. Like, I just, I love that about you, Kevin, that you're keeping it gospel-centered. It's not getting goofy, but it, it is absolutely a real realm that we can engage with and a realm that can actually begin to engage with us. And so um, I love, I love just what you're saying. You know, one of the one of the things that's starting to happen quite a bit, and I, we're hearing stories uh, more and more, and even have people on our team that are that are experiencing this, is the whole thing of traveling in the spirit. And you hear Heidi Baker and Leif Hetland and Patricia King and all these people actually starting to use this kind of language that 20 years ago you could have been thrown out of the church for using this kind of language. Uh, labeled a heretic or a or a sorcerer or something, and now um, you're, we're starting to hear about this whole thing of traveling in the spirit a lot, lot more. Um, can you give us um, some understanding of 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 what it means to travel in the spirit? If if you've done this, and and is this something that any believer can engage with, or is it something that's reserved just for the higher level uh, prophet types? Uh. I, to answer to that last question is I believe anyone can do it, but I believe you need to be in right standing with the Lord. I, I wouldn't try to engage in this if I had open sin or that sort of thing, because as we said earlier, there are gates or portals or open heavens into the spiritual dimensions. Not all of them are of God, and so I know people who have gotten defiled because they were not able to discern the holy, what's godly, from the profane, what's evil, and of the of the fallen one, Okay, because I don't even like to say that D word. But having said all that, uh, you know, we we can access that sort of thing. And if you'll read the Bible, it is full of these things. We touched Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We touched Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens, plural, and the earth. So there are heavenly dimensions, and then there are the terrestrial realm or the earth. Now, when Adam and Eve walked upon the earth, uh, Pastor Darren, 
I believe that they were in heaven, okay, and until the fall. And, right. you know, we read that in Genesis, and we think that was a couple of weeks, but I believe it might have been millennia, you know? Right, I mean, right. Who knows? It's, right. It's, we could debate that, but what's the point? And then people want to debate me how, how many heavens there are. Who cares? There are heavenly places, plural, okay? So there are heavenly places which are comparable to the terrestrial realm. The earth and everything upon it is the Lord, according to Psalms 24. It's a pattern or a model of what's in the heavenly places. Now, you know, there was a period in my life where God allowed me to go to heaven consistently for a period of about 90 days, give or take. I would go to heaven almost every day. So, yes, you can. And it's a grace gift from God. It's not something I would I would try to make happen if I were a, a, a person who had never experienced it. It's not something I would try to make happen. But there's a few things we can do, and this is also uh, true for the seer realm. By studying God's Word and fasting, it seems to accelerate this process. Now, I'm not going to tell you that if you fast and pray and study the Word, you'll have supernatural experiences because people have been doing that for millennia. But I believe we've entered into, as I said earlier, a chronological crossroads on God's calendar. In other words, it's a moed, an appointed time, Genesis 1.14. It's an appointed time when God is opening up these things to his people that may not have been open even two years ago or two weeks ago, okay? So there's a grace for it right now. But um, the Bible says in the book of Colossians that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So you have a seat in heaven I believe you don't have to die to go there to be seated with Christ. And I've experienced it numerous times, and a lot of people are experiencing it. Now, having said all that, yes, we need wisdom. Yes, we need to be careful. And I always tell people if you're going to pursue these types of things, you need to be submitted to a pastoral or apostolic authority, okay? So any type of supernatural experience you have needs to be able to be verified and uh, confirmed by the Scripture, number one. And number two, you should be able to go to your pastor, your apostolic leader, and say, I went to heaven or I had this experience and share it with them without fear. Because if you have fear to share it with your pastor, that should be a check indication or flag, if you will, that maybe something's not right with that. So all supernatural experiences must uh, submit to the litmus test of the scripture. And you should be able to share these with your pastoral authority, pastoral leader, you need to be submitted to them. And, you know, I believe at this day and this hour, as I shared earlier, that God is raising up what I call seer's nest or uh, eagle's nest, where seers are being trained and equipped so that people will have someone they could go to to get revelation and understanding on this. And do you mind if I talk about our new school for a second? Oh, go for it. Okay, we're developing here in just a couple of weeks a uh, an international Bible school, if you will, or mentoring school called the Moravian Falls School of Higher Learning. And that's what it's all about, is to help train and equip the body of Christ to walk in the basic principles of spirit-filled Christianity. A big part of what we're doing in the school is the seer realm, or the angelic realm, to give people biblical teaching of how they can rightly and safely experience these dynamics like you're talking about, of seeing in the spirit or traveling in the spirit. Okay. Now, here's one for you. Speaking of this, there was a time that God took me back in time. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, this was, and This forever. was going to be my next question. I was going to ask you about time travel in the Spirit. Okay. So, awesome. <laughs> okay. God took me back in the Spirit, and I saw the Lord on the cross. Okay. That was a life-changing encounter. Another time, God took me back in the Spirit, and I saw the children of Israel pass through the Red Sea. I passed through with them. Wow. Now, some people will say, oh, you got to be careful. Well, you know what? For me, it was edifying. I talked to my pastor about this. I discussed it with him. We, we went over it. We looked at it scripturally. And uh, many people are having similar experiences today. So before you just write something off like that as fanaticism or whatever, you need to ask the Holy Spirit. You need to submit it to your spiritual authority. Let me say this. When the children of Israel were passing through the sea, and I've had people that told me that, you know, the water froze, but that's not what I saw. I was able to go over and poke the wall because I was kind of curious, and I poked the wall of water, and my finger would go in there, and you could actually see stuff in there. So pretty amazing, pretty amazing day <laughs> in my life, and uh, wow. not something I've shared a lot because it's something that tends to get people a little stirred up. But, hey, I'm on uh, Pastor Darren Stott's podcast and you know what i just think this is the time to share it and it's it's so yeah you can you can you can do that hebrews 13 8 jesus is same yesterday today and forever here's one for you okay speaking of a practical application of time travel okay 
if, and this is something that Joshua Mills uh, tapped into, and, and I've learned from Joshua Mills, so I just love Joshua. He's a wonderful man of God. But, you know, when people are sick, sometimes you can go back in time to before they had the, the accident or before they had the sickness and pray for them then, and they get healed forward in time. Here's one for you. Many times I'll be uh, working and late at night and I'll, uh, like when I'm writing books, especially I'll, I'll go up in my office and I'll work till like three or four in the morning. I'll come down. I'll look at the clock. It'll be 4 a.m. I'll lay down. I'll go to sleep. And then all of a sudden an angel will come and slap me on the shoulder. And I know it's time to get up and I'll look at the clock. and It'll be midnight. So I feel like I slept eight hours, but it's four hours earlier than when I went to bed. Wow. Stay law. Wow. Wow. So, you know, the Bible says that, <laughs> that um, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we could think or ask. So that's another thing God's doing at this time is giving people dominion over time because in the story of creation, God created time. And the Bible also says that God gave his, his creation, man, dominion over everything he created. Is that not scriptural? Yes. So therefore we have dominion over time and we can take that authority. And that's one of the things I like to pray every day that God would give me favor with time, that I would get more done today than I've ever, ever gotten done in any day before. So it's a real dynamic in the kingdom of God. But again, two keys, faith and believe. If you don't believe that God will do it, you don't have the faith that he will do it for you, probably not going to happen for you. So, you know, this is just stuff we walk in all the time and I praise God for it. And it's stuff that anybody listening to this right now can walk into as they press into it. So let me ask you, um, one of the questions that I was asked was, uh, biblically, it looks as though whenever people travel in the spirit or there's uh, uh, time travel within the Bible, um, that those are encounters that God engaged with man, not not the other way around. But what I hear you saying is that uh, we have dominion even over time, is, is and that we have permission to engage with that. Uh, and am I am I hearing you correctly? And if so, uh, what are some good ways for us to begin uh, uh, partnering with the Lord so that we can begin seeing this more? Um, well, first of all, prayer. Um, you need to pray and ask God to give you revelation, number one. And number two, you begin to speak that out over your life. Now, it's Psalm 103.20. As we speak God's word over our life, he gives his angels charge over us. That's Psalm 91. But his angels take heed of his word. So as we decree God's word and as we pray, for example, Lord, you created the sun and the moon. You created time. And your scripture says, Father, in Jesus' name, that you gave me dominion over everything you created. So, Father, I ask that you would begin to give me understanding and revelation of how I can take authority over time. And you begin just to, to, to speak that out. And when you do that, there's a supernatural acceleration. God releases his angels of creative miracles and supernatural provision to begin to work in your life. And, you know, uh, some people will say, well, it doesn't make any sense in natural. Well, it doesn't unfold in the natural, Pastor Darren. It unfolds in the spiritual dimension, which affects the natural. Going back to Adam and Eve, you know, they were in the garden for millennia, possibly. They were they were in heaven on earth. And the, the thing is, is that heaven is still on earth today. We just don't discern it because our eyes have become dull, our ears have become heavy, and we can't discern the heavenly things that are all around us. In fact, you see, heaven's not always up. Heaven is all around us. And according to Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. He says, I am the great I am, right? So... If heaven is all around us, which I believe it is, then there's no time as we know it in the heavenly dimensions. Then that for, therefore, there can be no time as we understand it on the earthly realm. Now, I know this is a stretch for a lot of people, but you know, I could tell you examples of, for example, my wife being translated or myself being translated, where God literally, uh, you know, what should take in the natural three hours will happen in like 20 minutes. Like, for example, if you're stuck in traffic, my wife went to pick up my pastor one time, and she was going from Greensboro, North Carolina, to Charlotte, North Carolina. She made it there in like 20 minutes, so she'd have had to drive like, I think it's 271 miles an hour in the natural to make that happen. But, in the, you know, nothing supernatural. She didn't really feel anything. She said she felt a little weird, you know, and she felt like the car was floating. But in the natural, she got there in like 20 minutes or whatever it was. In the natural realm, it would be impossible for her to do that. So... You know, Selah, it's a supernatural phenomenon. <laughs> now, talk to us, you know, there's gonna there's a, a, a lot of people within the body of Christ, and for those that are newer to these kind of experience, maybe it's like the first time or second time they have a profound supernatural experience where just 
uh, it wrecks them to the core of who they are, but perhaps it's it's beyond uh, the natural and normal experience of most Christians. And now all of a sudden they're going out telling everybody about this crazy encounter that they had with the Lord and people are looking at them like they've completely lost their mind. Or maybe it's one step worse and now they think that they're more powerful um, and, and deserve recognition. Maybe they even go and right. start a ministry because of this right. uh, encounter. So what would you say, like, how do we process... And, uh, and and what kind of caution would you give to those who are just beginning to engage with this or have been doing it for a long time, but perhaps haven't been processing externally uh, in, in an appropriate or in a mature way? Are there some tips and suggestions that you can give to us as far as how to communicate these experiences with others and to whom should we and what kind of timing should we have in mind as we're processing and sharing these things? Sure. Well, you know, I think about Joseph, right? He had a dream. And he told everybody his dream. And what happened? He got slammed, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, he got slammed. He, he had a difficult time. So I like to call this um, chronological and geographical obedience, okay? You need to be at the right place at the right time for God's blessings to unfold in your life. And again, this is Genesis 1.14, Moeds. God created a certain times for to present ourselves for him. And so when he gives us revelation, there are things God has shown me I've never told another human being. I learned that the hard way, okay? Sometimes God gives you revelation for intercession. Hmm. Another thing is you need to be submitted to a spiritual authority, okay? So if you're submitted to a spiritual authority, and again, it goes back to revelation, interpretation, and implementation. So um, many times uh, people will want to make a whole doctrine or, you know, move of God based on a supernatural encounter. Like, for example, you know, with the children of Israel, one of my friends just preached a sermon about it, you know, uh, Moses, the Lord told Moses to strike the rock. Well, they could have started a church, you know, where they go to church every Sunday and strike rocks, you know, and believe for something supernatural happened. But that was just a part of the journey, right? So you have to be in the right place at the right time, and you have to have uh, communion and intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit. And as the Holy Spirit gives you revelation and understanding, of when you should do, what you should do, how you should do it, with whom you should do it, that's when you release it. And again, if you're in submission to spiritual authority, you just go to your pastor or to your apostolic leader, you know, and you you, you dialogue with them about this until you go out and start, you know, the first uh, church of the stick and the rock or whatever it happens to be. And uh, by the way, I love the rock church, but I'm just saying, sure. you know, uh, we need to be led by the spirit, number one. And, you know, of course, it doesn't matter what it is, Pastor Down. Throughout the millennia, there have been so many people who have gotten over into the flesh. That's what wrecked the voice of healing revival. And that's what I'm praying is that we will search our hearts as God begins to to continue to, to release these outpourings uh, of not just gifts of the spirit, but outpourings of the supernatural nature of God, that we will search our hearts and our hearts will be right not only before God but before man and that we will do it in a biblical way which is acceptable and holy unto the Lord. I hope that made sense. That's really really well said. Kevin would it be okay I'd like to ask you just some uh, practical uh, questions in regards to you and uh, and influences within your life and, and just practical things as far as what you do with your ministry um, if that's okay with you. That's great go ahead. Awesome so what does your morning uh, routine look like? My morning routine looks like this. I get out of bed, I hit my knees, and I pray uh, the prayer from Ephesians. I bow my knees to the Father of my Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I ask that he would grant to me according to his riches of glory, that I would be strengthened with might by his spirit in my inner man, that I might comprehend with all the saints what is the length and depth and breadth and height, that I might personally know the love of Christ, which surpasses my understanding. So I ask God to reveal the nature of Jesus to me. I bow my knees to him every day. Then I will lay upon my bed in the Psalm 4 model, and I will just, uh, according to Psalm 37, delight myself in the Lord. And I will just tell, I will just give God thanksgiving and praise. Two very important keys. I will just give God thanksgiving and praise for things he's done. Like, for example, Nettie getting the four teeth. I just praised God for that that night. I just got back into the heavyweighty glory, which is why I renamed the bed there to Shell Revival Center. Got in there and just thank God for the things he was doing. I thank God for the, you know, 10, 12, however many people it was that rededicated or were saved while we were with you. I just thank God for that. And I thank God for the little things. I thank God that I can see. I thank God I can hear. I thank God my tongue works and I can speak. I thank God I can move my fingers and hands. 
practical little things. So I, I will thank God and I'll just luxuriate in God. And then I will pray. I will pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I will pray for those in my sphere of influence. Uh, Saturday night, I always pray for churches. By the way, I added you to my list of prayers. Thank you. So I pray for you now. Awesome. I pray for churches and pastors all over the world on Saturday night. Uh, so that's, you know, one night a week. And then I pray for other things. And then the Holy Spirit begins to lead me. It's Romans 8. Holy Spirit begins to lead me to pray for certain things. I pray for certain things. Last night, I was praying for my daughter. Okay. Uh, I was praying for uh, some of the meetings that we're doing in Moravian Falls while Katie Seuss was. So I was pray as the Holy Spirit leads me, but there comes a place when I've prayed all that stuff, I've done all the outer court prayer, I've done all the inner court prayer, and there's nothing else to pray, and I may just pray in the Spirit, I will shandai, I will pray in the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, you know, Jude one twenty. pray in the Spirit, build myself up, and then there are times I just rest there, and then the Lord himself will just, his presence comes, his glory comes, and I just rest in his presence, Hebrews 4, and I wait in his presence, and eventually, in that atmosphere, the Lord will begin to give me revelation, and that's how I start my day. I do each day as best I can what the Holy Holy Spirit shows me to do. Some days he shows me what not to do, okay? Mm. So uh, prayer is huge. So that would be one thing. And then I study the Word of God, number one. And the other thing I do, uh, Pastor Darren, is I try to, as best I can, uh, receive from other people, okay? Uh, you know, I always want to have a teachable spirit. I always want to be able to learn more. So I try to uh, set under the teaching of people who operate in the seer anointing. Now, I'm speaking about people like Dr. James Gall, for example, Dr. James Maloney, and others. Uh, I, I set under their teaching. I get into the actual meeting where they are, and I sit there, and I, I, I just become like SpongeBob SquarePants. <laughs> I just, I'm like a sponge, and I just absorb as much as I can. I got a major importation from Dr. James Maloney, he never touched me, he never prayed for me, I just was in the atmosphere, okay? So I want to receive from those who are forerunning something I don't have. And uh, the other key is I want to, as the Holy Spirit leads, pour out into people that God brings into my sphere of influence. Not everyone discerns the gift of God that are on different people, okay? And that's great. Praise God for that because, you know, we all like different types of tea. But when people come into my sphere of influence that uh, – uh, understand what God is doing with my wife, Kathy, and I, and they appreciate it, I pour out into them. There are other times people don't discern it, so I just bless them and go on. The key is, is that when you get something, as you release it, you get more of it. You know, in the in the world, it's, you know, I'm going to store up my 501c3, and I'm going to keep all my money, I'm going to hurt all my, hoard all my money, but in the kingdom of God, it's Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Freely you have received, freely give, Matthew 10, 7, and 8. So if you want to build the anointing in your life, give what you have away and God will give you more of what you got to give to more people and as I've done it over the past 15 years God continues to expand my sphere of influence it's Acts 1 9 you should be my witnesses in Jerusalem Judea Samaria into the ends of the earth God sent me first to my own family I was faithful to do that then to my city I was faithful to do that then he sent me to some states I was faithful to do that then he sent me to the nations and so now our sphere of influence is not a county or a city our sphere of influence is literally global we're preaching the gospel by the grace of God to about 47 nations every month that's awesome. Now, Kevin, you're a prolific author. Uh, uh, your, uh, your 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 books are everywhere, and you're all and you're always creating and uh, and ob- obtaining new intel from the Lord and documenting it. And so, um, as you know, I've been working on my own uh, book. It's my first book, and so I'm really curious. Um, when do you write? And do you have any sort of writing rituals? Things that you like to do when you're writing. Um, I pray first. I'll lay down and pray, just as I said earlier. But many times the Holy Spirit can just drop on me. Like at, while I was with you at Seattle Revival Center, the Holy Spirit dropped on me. And so I wrote down a whole bunch of notes for a chapter. So it can happen anytime. That's the grace of God. Um, for me personally, I try to set aside time to write. Um, and as we become busier and busier, it becomes more difficult. But there's three Ds. You have to be diligent, you have to do it daily, and you have to be devoted. Okay, so what I tell everybody, we have a printing and publishing company. We help Christian authors get the books printed. So you know, I have, I've had so many people come to me and say, brother, I'm writing a book. And my first question to them is, praise God, how, how is your manuscript finished? Well, no. My manuscript's not finished. I was like, well, how long have you been writing it? 22 years. Well, got to be diligent. <laughs> you got to finish it, right? right? So you have to get it finished. That's the first thing. You have to be diligent, write daily, be devoted, and get it finished. And then once you get it finished, the Lord can breathe on it. In the book of Genesis 28, I know, excuse me, Deuteronomy 28, God says the blessings and curses, right? There's the blessings of God. The scripture is very clear. It says God will bless everything we put our hand to. Amen. If you don't put your hand to something, God has nothing to bless. So if you're an author and you're listening to this, get your book finished, then 
God can you put your hand to that and start to, to to shop it around to publishers or whatever, and then God has something to bless. But the key to it is to put your hand to something. I hope that made sense. Oh, it's so good. And speaking of books, so outside of the Bible and one of your own books, <laughs> what is a book that has uh, most impacted your life and perhaps a book that you have gifted to others more than any other book? Uh Kenneth Hagen, Papa Hagen, I Believe in Visions. Uh, Dr. James Maloney, uh, The Panoramic there Seer. No uh, two, I would highly recommend. Uh, you know, those are fantastic. Charles Capps, Angels, a book no on angels is really good. Uh, so there are numerous books, but to be honest with you, I primarily read the Bible. No I do read other books, um, but I love Kevin, I feel like God wants me to give you a cabin. Uh, I have a cabin up in the mountain. I feel like God said, if you go up there, he'll meet you. So she spoke to me verbatim what the Holy Spirit spoke to me because I didn't have any money to make it happen. Okay? And it's uh, now uh, December and it's really cold. So I go up onto the mountain uh, in, in Newfoundland, Canada in December. And uh, I know I'm supposed to read the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And I get up there and, and I get the fire going and the glory of God falls. And I see an angel. Uh, a, a similitude of an angel appear, and uh, I was I reached into my pack, and I was going to get the good book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. The Lord says, no, Kevin, that's not the book I want you to read. I want you to read the book of Acts. So I get my Bible out, an angel appears, and my Bible pops open supernaturally to the book of Acts. I go from the whole book of Acts, and it was like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me just like I was speaking to you. It took like three days, or I mean, excuse me, about 50-some hours, whatever it was. I can't remember exactly. And it was amazing. And then the, and then the Lord says, okay, Kevin, now read the book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. Well, in the book of the Good Morning, Holy Spirit, that's exactly what happened to Benny Hinn. Wow. God took him supernaturally through the book of Acts. So God sent with me into the wilderness of Newfoundland in December the book that was the confirmation of the supernatural experience I just had. So be led by the Spirit. Oh, that's so good, Kevin. Thank you so much. Uh, and, and those books are going to be incredibly helpful uh, for anybody that, that wants to go deeper with these things. But like you said, it, it always goes back to the scriptures. It always goes back to the Word of God, right? That, that, the living Word. And Absolutely. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's great. Last question. It's kind of a fun question. If you could have a billboard anywhere, where would it be and what would it say? Uh, if I could have a billboard anywhere, I would put it in Times Square, and it would say, Jesus is coming back soon. Let's get busy winning souls. Come on. <laughs> awesome. Let me say this. Let me say this real quick. Um, you know, it is absolutely all about Jesus. He must be the absolute cornerstone of our faith in God. You know, as, as wonderful as angelic visitations are, as wonderful as seer experiences are, as wonderful as you know, going places in the spirit are, or time travel, as wonderful as all those things are, what it's all about is the Lord Jesus Christ. He must be the absolute Amen. central focus of our faith in God, period. And the next thing is souls. You know, you, whoever is listening to this, wherever you are, you're going to see people, Kevin and, and, and Pastor Darren will never see 
began to get into the habit of witnessing. I have a friend named Sid Roth, a precious man of God. He just, everywhere he goes, he's leading people to Jesus. Every wow. time I'm around him, I'm leading people to Jesus. Well, guess what? I started doing it myself, and here's one for you. I was in excuse me, I was in, um, no, not Palm Desert, Palm Springs, uh, California, a couple of years ago, and I got to lead Jesus to Jesus. He was our waiter <laughs> in the restaurant, and I led Jesus to Jesus. Okay, his name was Jose or, or Jesus, but his name tag says Jesus, and I just started speaking to him, and I asked the Holy Spirit just to give me some revelation for him. I started speaking to him into his life, and he began to weep, and I said, hey, you know what? Would you like to receive the Lord as Savior? So I had the privilege of leading Jesus to Jesus, so if you're listening to this, it's all about Jesus. Jesus, tell everybody you know about Jesus, That's right. get into the habit of witnessing wherever you are, and, <laughs> and preach the gospel of the kingdom, and if necessary, use words. Whoa, come on. <laughs> so good. <laughs> hey, uh, Kevin, let's close it out this way. Would you be willing just to pray over us, to pray over oh. everyone that's, uh, that's been listening? Man, this has been incredible. Like an hour long, just, uh, just this has been dense, and it's been good, man, but would you just be willing just to just uh Pray for us, and, and, and let's just really believe, everybody listening right now, let's just really believe that the Lord's going to use this last hour to catapult us out into this uh, realm, not just into a supernatural realm where we're seeing stuff and engaging with stuff, but that there would be a faith that comes with these encounters that launches us out to actually begin doing the things that Jesus did to represent Jesus on the face of the earth. So, Kevin, would you just pray for us? And I believe that as you're praying that something's going to activate. Like, there's going to be a launching uh, that that happens even e- even now, and that we're just going to get thrown out of our comfort zone into a whole new world, uh, not just partnering with the angelic, but partnering with the King Himself uh, to, to demonstrate His agenda on the face of the earth. So, would you do that? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. First, awesome. two things. Number one, there's like a blue glory cloud all around me right now, and number two, I'm getting totally um, hammered. I feel like Otis Campbell. <laughs> so I don't know if you know me who Andy Griffith is, but Otis Campbell, I'm getting whacked. whacked, whacked. Whoa, so Lord, we just we just bless your word. Lord, we thank you that your word shall not return void. And Lord, I just thank you that everywhere people are hearing uh, Pastor Darren's voice and my voice right now, that the presence and the glory and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is falling. Lord, we just ask that you'd pour out that precious uh, presence, that apple wine glory. Yeah. Lord, I ask that you just pour out your presence right now in Jesus' name. And I just sense that there's actually even impartation, but also healings happening. Yeah. Uh, Darren, Lord, I just I just bless that today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. And according to your word, Lord, you said freely you have received, freely give yeah. as you go preach. So, Father, I ask you that everything that I've I've been allowed to receive that's righteous, holy, and pure. I just impart to those who are hearing this right now. And Lord, I just say, open up their eyes, give them eyes to see and ears to hear in a new and supernatural way. And Lord, I pray for miracles right now. I just thank you, Lord, for miracles and hands being healed, arthritic hands being healed. I thank you for someone with a chest uh, pain, heart condition being healed. I thank you for dental miracles right now. Darren, I believe people are listening to this are going to get dental miracles where their amalgam, the black fillings in their teeth are just going to turn into new enamel and new teeth. And Lord, we thank you for even the gold fillings, the gold crowns. Lord, we just release that today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you for touching feet and ankles. I thank you for touching digestive issues, GERT, uh, viraticulitis, painful digestion being healed right now. In Jesus' name, someone's going to be healed with a vision problem, macular degeneration. Uh, someone has difficulty seeing double. God's going to heal your pancreas. He's going to heal your liver. He's going to heal your eyes in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for touching um, people who have uh, are follically challenged. Lord, I just ask for, for hair to grow in the name of the Lord Jesus Come Christ. Come on. <laughs> White hair to turn uh, back to the natural color in Jesus' name. Someone has uh, an issue with uh, eczema severia psoriasis being healed in jesus name skitching 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 skin lord and i thank you father god for healing seasonal allergies right now in jesus mighty name and lord whatever you if you're listening to this whatever you need healing for just put your hand on that part of the body holy spirit we just ask you to come and heal right now we just ask you to holy spirit that you would minister to your people in the gifts of miracles and healings we just release that now in jesus mighty name and i see people entering into a season of dreams trances visions even open
open eyed encounters with God's angels. So uh, remember, if that's you, you need to be submitted to spiritual authority. Lord, I just thank you for your goodness, your mercy. And most of all, Lord, I thank you for King Jesus. And Lord, if there's someone hearing this that's never prayed to receive Jesus as their Savior, Lord, I pray that they would just pray that prayer. Amen. If they believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died upon the cross, that they would just say that out loud and that they would be born from above or saved. Lord, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory for all these things. And Lord, I bless Pastor Darren. And I thank you, Lord, that he's entering into a season of acceleration. Mm -hmm. I just want to prophesy over you a season of acceleration, yeah. quick acceleration. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. God's going to just accelerate every dynamic of your ministry and every dynamic of your life. In the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, I pray. Amen. Amen. That's so good. And everybody listening, if you had pain in your body, wow. you need to check it out right now because most likely that pain's gone. Shoot. And if you go and you look in the mirror, most likely you're going to have uh, uh, gold fillings, maybe even old fillings have turned white. Maybe you just got brand new teeth in your mouth. Um, uh, uh, maybe maybe you felt that sinus pressure just lift right, right as Kevin was praying. So if that's you, you need to check it out and engage with it. And then you need to let us know what God did so we can celebrate with you and so that we can let Kevin know uh, what, what God uh, uh, just did. And the, the cool thing about a podcast that's different from a live service is that you can go back, you can play that prayer again, you can put the speaker of your phone right into your mouth and let Kevin just pray right, right, right over your teeth. You know, just be creative. But there's a, there's an anointing on this. Like I said, to catapult you into a new place, into a new level, into a new place of faith, really. And so, um, just even as we were just engaging in this place of prayer, you need to check it out. But don't let it end there. Let us know by emailing us, facebooking us, tweeting us, so we can let Kevin know, so we can all celebrate uh, what God is doing. And look, if God did something in your mouth. Take a picture, send us the picture, uh, because that just builds faith. You know, so many times people see a picture and they begin believing, and all of a sudden God does it in their mouth or in their body. We're, right now in Seattle, there are um, back miracles that, that have been taking place because of one lady who shared about um, Jesus healed her um, her her uh, her scoliosis, the the curvature of her spine. She uh, testified of that. A lady heard that testimony, began contending. The Lord healed her back. Another guy heard that testimony uh, of the second lady. Uh, he said, God, I need your healing by Tuesday because that, that's what the lady said. And all of a sudden, he woke up on Tuesday completely pain-free. So there's, there's, like, there's something about the testimony of Jesus, the spirit of prophecy, where there's just an acceleration on that right now. So it's important that you testify of what God has done in your body, in your life in the dream realm uh, that you communicate uh, from a place of humility really like Kevin was saying that we're humble but we do share we we share because we care and then God uses that to create a, a realm of faith where others can begin engaging and experiencing the things that you're experiencing so Kevin this has been Man, this, <laughs> this has been incredible. Like uh, I'm intoxicated. Uh, <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I'm intoxicated. I love it. That stuff's contagious. Praise God. Thank Whoa. you so much for your time. Let's absolutely do this again. And we love you. We love Kathy. We love your ministry. Everybody check out the School of Higher Learning. Uh, uh, Kevin's website is on the show notes. Kevin, this has been good, man. Thank you, Pastor Darren. God bless you, brother. All right. Love you, my friend. Same here, man. All right, talk soon. Bye. Bye-bye.